climate change. Kali, lie, lie, climate change. Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. This is the Brian Sussman Show live on KSFO in San Francisco, streaming on KSFO.com, broadcasting from an undisclosed location. A podcast replay of highlights from this hour-long program available later tonight on all internet audio platforms as well as YouTube and Rumble. Just search for The Brian Sussman Show. Make sure you subscribe, then you'll be notified of my next podcast because I'm dropping them all the time. And we have a lot of fun and excitement and interesting things for you in this hour of the program. The only hour of the program, 6 to 7 o'clock. Every Wednesday, right here on KSFO. Climate change. Some of you know, in a previous life, I was a television meteorologist. I'm almost embarrassed to say that nowadays. no, No offense to anyone in the TV industry these days, especially anybody doing weather. I have nothing against anyone personally. But the talent level on local TV news these days is really not what it used to be back in the day. And, and it really kind of only makes sense because way back when I was on the tube, and again, this is going back a few years, in San Francisco, you had ABC Channel 7. You had CBS Channel 5, where I worked. You had uh, NBC, which now is NBC 11, but th- back then it was NBC 4. And Fox Channel 2. And before it was Fox Channel 2, it was just KTVU, Channel 2. Dennis Richmond. Elaine Corral. Um, it was, it was uh, Bar- Barbara Simpson before that. And Barbara, of course, was on KSFO for years. Tremendous personality. Tremendous broadcaster. But you see, back in those days, if you wanted to see television news you had basically four options. And everybody assembled at 6 o'clock to watch the news on one of their favorite channels. And then people stayed up late until 11 o'clock to watch the news again. So with only four stations generally in each market, the talent pool, I mean, to get to that place where you could work on one of those four outlets, you had to have some talent. And I'm telling you, back in in San Francisco, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, there were people making a million dollars a year on local TV. I mean, it was just pretty incredible. But now you've got CNN and you've got Newsmax and you've got MSNBC and you've got this channel, that channel, Fox News and this and that, plus a plethora of news outlets available to you on the Internet instantly, 24-7. So the talent has gone elsewhere, and the eyeballs and the viewers have gone elsewhere, and the listeners have gone elsewhere, and people are tuning into the podcast. And that's why with this particular program on KSFO, a station I love so much, I'm doing a podcast replay so more people can hear what maybe they missed on the radio airwaves. But again, getting back to the meteorologist thing. Back in the day, I was a meteorologist who did my own forecasting, something I really enjoyed. I left to come to KSFO in 2002, left TV, came to KSFO 2002, and then wrote two best-selling books, Climategate, 
a veteran meteorologist exposes the global warming scam, and eco-tyranny, how the left's green agenda will dismantle America. So where am I going with this? Ta-da! I've been informed it's okay to say this by my publisher. My next book, long overdue, will be released on Earth Day 2024. Why am I picking Earth Day 2024? Well, it's a long story, as I explain in my book, and as I've talked about on these airwaves many times. The first Earth Day was 1970, April 2022. Uh, uh, Excuse me, April 22nd, 1970. That was the 100th anniversary of Vladimir Lenin's birthday. Vladimir Lenin, the the first greenie, the first environmentalist, the first Marxist to run a country. And he summarily ran it into the ground within just a few years. But during those years that he was the chairman, the president, so to speak, the dictator, if you will, of the Soviet Union, he wrote paper after paper after paper on the green agenda. He wrote the original papers on the entire environmental movement back in the early 1900s. Now, the founders of Earth Day would never admit this, of course, but I just find it rather convenient that April 22nd, the very first Earth Day, 1970, was on his 100th anniversary. He was an environmentalist's environmentalist. So now the new book comes out, Earth Day, 2024. It's entitled Climate Cult. Climate Cult. Exposing and Defeating Their War on Life, Liberty, Property. I'll let you know when you can pre-order the book. You're going to be hearing me talk a lot about this. And you're going to be seeing me on various other networks and shows talking about this book as we get closer to the publishing date. Friends, I just want to let you know, there is no human-caused or anthropogenic climate change or anthropogenic or or human-caused global warming. Perhaps the most decorated scientist to agree with that statement is actually a Bay Area guy. Some of you in this vast audience probably know Dr. John Clauser. For 30 years, he worked at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. In 2022, Dr. Clauser received a Nobel Prize, Nobel Prize in physics. He's a brainiac. He says anthropogenic global warming or climate change is, quote, pseudoscience. So here's the latest pseudoscience. Are you ready for this? A United Nations agency is expected to call on Western countries, including the United States, to drastically reduce meat consumption to combat climate change. In other words, climate change has gotten so bad because of human beings, and not just their fossil fuels, but their meat consumption. We've got to do something about it. This is what's going to go down in Dubai when they have this big climate change summit in Dubai. Isn't it interesting? Dubai is... (laughs) The reason why they are so wealthy in Dubai is first and foremost because of oil and the sale thereof. (laughs) And that's where they're having the climate summit, which is going to last two weeks. So this will be a first of a kind document, which is what we've come to expect from the United Nations. The entire, what you have to realize, the entire climate agenda, the whole climate change agenda was written by the United Nations. 
It's been written by the United Nations, and the first country to try employ everything that comes out of the UN is the United States. And now, of course, the biggest proponents of the UN's climate change agenda are their partner, the World Economic Forum. So it's going to be quite the event, but what they're going to say is, you've got to stop eating meat. Okay, so a little bit later in the program, I'm going to unpack this. Uh, we're also going to talk about, oh, and then we've got to talk about uh, all the car dealerships in America, sans those in California. Car dealerships around the United States have contacted the Biden administration because they're telling the Biden administration your mandates for electrical vehicles, getting people out of their gas and diesel cars and trucks into electric vehicles is killing us. Nobody's buying the electric vehicles. They're all over their lots. No one wants them, except in California. So we'll talk about that as well. We're also going to discuss the Oakland City Council. It's, uh, it's idiocracy in action. On Monday, the Oakland City Council discussed a resolution calling for a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. I, I, I love all these Bay Area cities who think they're so high and mighty and so important that they're going to they're going to they're going to stop a war in the Middle East by signing a resolution in Oakland or in Berkeley or in San Francisco or in Palo Alto or you name the city or town. But in this particular case, there were people that showed up at the Oakland City Council meeting, saying things like this, quote, the notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous and racist. One resident actually said this, Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Now, you can you control the Internet. You'll find this for yourself. There are so many different outlets who are saying this is, this is like Israel's version of agitprop. It's a total propaganda mass media campaign to make it look as if they were attacked, including the hang gliders or the paragliders. Plus, we're going to talk Twitter. Yes, I'll still, I know it's X. I'll still call it Twitter. There's a witch hunt being conducted by the Biden administration. Special counsel Jack Smith issued a search warrant to uh, Twitter requesting a vast swath of information about the account of former President Donald Trump, as well as, now listen to this, as well as the millions of accounts that interacted with Donald Trump's presidential account. They're looking either side of the January 10th event. In other words, if you liked a Donald Trump tweet during that time period, you know, when there was the riot at the Capitol, if you liked a tweet or commented on a tweet, the Biden administration wants to know who you are, and they want the metadata as well. They want to know where you were. This is a search and seizure the likes of which we've never seen. And it's just amazing me how, how so many, including groups like the ACLU, are just going right along with it. It's, it's, the masks have fallen off in this country. We're beginning to see who our real enemies are. All right, here we go. You ready? This is, this is my wheelhouse. 
as you know, I'm the guy that wrote a couple books on climate change. And I've got a new book coming out called... I'm doing these wild gyrations with my hands. <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> you'll, you'll see it on the video replay. I've written extensively about the United Nations over the years. I believe it's a 39-story building in Manhattan. You could lop off 20 stories and, uh, and only 19 would remain. <laughs> and Nothing would change there. It's just a, there are a bunch of bureaucrats who desire, well, they desire a couple of things. One, they are a, a world body. They want to be the world governance body, like a one world government. The, the second thing that they have in common, just about everyone who's a member of the United Nations has this in common as well. By the way, you know, there are dictatorships and authoritarian governments and just awful people whose governments are represented in the United Nations. And when they travel to New York, they have diplomatic immunity. They park their cars wherever they want. They speed as much as they want. They can do, they can get arrested for, they can get arrested, diplomatic immunity, scot-free. But here's the goal that most of these really, remember the bar scene and, and um, I guess it was the star, first Star Wars bar scene. Remember that bar scene? The bar scene. Raph, do you remember the bar scene? Of course. And did I do the music pretty well? All of those weird characters, those are like the creeps at the United Nations. Seriously. They're creepy people who seek the destruction of the United States of America as we know it. The inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are a joke to them and must be, no, not a joke, an offense to them and must be abolished. And their entire climate agenda has been created to first and foremost take down the United States. It's amazing how many of those people come to this country, uh, you know, United Nations delegates, representatives, bureaucrats, paper pushers, this, that, and the other. And, oh, they, they, lo they love, I mean, living here is better when they're from, so they love this assignment. Not only did they get the diplomatic immunity, but they love the assignments, and they, they're paid very well, and they live very well. And they, they get a nice car, and they, they can eat at the nice restaurants, including eat meat. And yet here comes the U.N. just in time for this big to-do that they're having in Dubai. It's going to last for two weeks. They're calling on nations that overconsume meat to stop. First and foremost would be the United States of America. Uh, so here is a 2021 study that I'm reading from the Nature Food Journal finds that the global food system generates 18 billion tons of carbon dioxide every year. One-third of total worldwide carbon dioxide emissions come from food, specifically livestock. We're talking flatulence, methane, cow farts. 
Basically, that's what it is. So they're saying the meat that we eat is producing more and more cows to keep up with demand. And that cattle to keep up with demand is creating more flatulence, which creates more methane. Uh, First of all, let me just say this regarding greenhouse gases. We need greenhouse gases, including methane and carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide comes from fossil fuels, methane from livestock. But the biggest producer of methane in the, in the living world are termites. So somebody call Orkin. Listen, we need greenhouse gases. Carbon is the backbone of life. CO2 is a required atmospheric compound necessary for life. I'm expelling it as I speak. The plants are, so to speak, breathing it in. It's called photosynthesis. Methane is the second most important greenhouse gas. You've heard of CO2, carbon dioxide. Methane is CH4. It's more potent than CO2 because of something called radiative forcing. The the radiative forcing produced per molecule is greater, for those of you taking notes. But methane is produced by cow farts. And again, the living, the greatest living producer of methane are termites, termite farts. So call Orkin. Natural sources of methane include wetlands, bacteria, volcanoes. There are seepage vents on the floor of the ocean, rich with organic sediment that also causes for methane just as there are so many different types of CO2 gases in the atmosphere, not just from humans, but from all sorts of things like smoldering peat bogs, or again, volcanoes, or dying plant life. Dying anything life produces CO2. But I I, want to let you know this because it's, it's so important, and I'll talk about this in my book, Climate Cult. I've got some new analogies I'm bringing forward. Uh, and, and I don't want to share any of those analogies just yet because they're super powerful and uh, quite jaw-dropping. But let's just say this. In terms of all the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, it's a trace gas. It's 0.04% of all the gas in the atmosphere. That includes water vapor. Is, and water vapor is the, the most plentiful gas. But of all the gases in the atmosphere, CO2 is 0.04% of the atmosphere. And through the human production of fossil fuels, as well as even methane from the meat we eat before it's meat, when it's, when it's walking around our four legs, the human contribution to that 0.04% of CO2 in the atmosphere is 4%. So 4% of 0.04%. That's a number so tiny, it's hard to wrap your brain around it, but I've got some new analogies in my book that'll make it a little bit easier. But let me give you, let me give you, if I may, an example of more climate change propaganda. I'm going to talk about this extensively in my upcoming book. In 2021, um, well, okay, here, let me, let me move to this. 2021, 2020, either way, since Biden's been president, car dealers across the United States, 
mandates have been put in place by the federal government to encourage people to get out of their gas or diesel vehicle and into an electric vehicle. This is done through a, a bunch of different uh, economic tools, including tax rebates, tax credits, tax credits that apply to the consumer, also to the producer. So they're doing everything they can to make these very expensive vehicles less expensive. They're also, of course, trying to tell you and make you believe that by driving an electric vehicle, you are not producing any carbon dioxide, no carbon dioxide emissions. That is patently false. Unless you're charging that vehicle uh, during the day at home, most likely, using your own solar array, there's natural gas involved. Now, some would say, well, in California, we have certain days where we're running 100%, 100% alternative energy, solar and wind. Not true. Not true, because even on those days when the state of California issues their press release saying, today, 100% renewable. No, no, because 70% of the water heaters in this state are run with natural gas. A significant percentage of the ranges and stoves are natural gas. Heaters are natural gas. So don't, don't tell me that when you're plugging in that vehicle, it's running off solar or wind. It's not. It's running off a of natural gas. And therefore, because it's running off a of natural gas, CO2 is being emitted into the atmosphere. But those are the facts that you don't want to hear because they're inconvenient. Especially in California, because there are so many electric vehicles. Here's the deal. I'm all about, I'm all about property rights. Because that's what the founders meant when they said the pursuit of happiness. That's, that's property rights. Owning property makes you happy. So if you've got the Tesla and you love it, go for it. If you've got the Rivian truck, they're actually pretty cool trucks. If you've got the Rivian truck, good for you. Just don't tell, just, just don't tell me how great it is. Don't do that. But here's what's happening. Long introduction to this story. Car dealers across the United States are warning Joe Biden that his unrealistic green energy agenda must be abandoned because Americans are not buying electric vehicles like the administration has expected. Now, I know California, especially the Silicon Valley, the Bay Area, we're, we're not the norm. I can drive up 101 or on 280, especially on the peninsula. And the percentage of Teslas and electrical vehicles at large is, is significant. But I was just in Nevada last week. Saw a couple. I was in Arizona a few weeks ago. Saw a few. I was in Texas after, when I was driving through New Mexico. As many of you know, there's nothing in New Mexico. New Mexico's, it's just, there's not much there, let alone any charging stations. I didn't see any electric vehicles in New Mexico when I was on the highway. Very few in Texas. My point is, executives and owners of car dealerships across the United States sent a letter to Joe Biden this week urging his administration to drop the EV mandates. Drop 
the green energy requirements. They're, they're saying we have, there's a lack of interest, Mr. President. They were very respectful in their letter, but they're saying there's a lack of interest. They're saying slow down your proposed regulations. The, the regulations, after 2032, I don't know if you realize this, but after 20, this is why we got to make America great again. After 2032, two out of every three vehicles sold in the United States will have to be battery electric. So these are federal mandates that are going to completely alter private industry, everything from the car industries to the dealerships. And the dealers are saying, stop the madness. We're trying to keep up with your demands but we've got lots filled with these electric vehicles that nobody's buying. And by the way, there's another little fly in the air but nobody wants to talk about here, and that's who the heck wants a, a used EV that's got, you know, 60, 70, 80,000 miles on it because the battery life is, has diminished. You're going to have to buy a new battery. That's why... Well, I, it's in my book. I can't really talk about this just yet. But there are a lot of electric vehicles <laughs> that are basically in electric vehicle storage lots, that used electric vehicle storage lots because nobody wants them, and nobody knows what to do with the batteries. No one, you can't recycle them yet. That technology, which, wow, when someone figures that out, is going to be great, but just not yet. So electric vehicle demand today is not keeping up with the large influx of electric vehicles arriving at the dealerships. This is actual wordage from that letter from the dealerships to the Biden administration. The reality is electric vehicle demand today is not keeping up with the large influx of BEVs, battery electric vehicles, arriving at our dealerships prompted by the current regulations. BEVs are stacking up in our lots. Okay. Okay. Uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith, he works for the Biden administration. In a search warrant to X, formerly known as Twitter, how long do we have to keep saying that? Requested a vast swath of information about the account of former President Donald Trump. What they're doing is, this is, I've, I've read the warrant well, actually, I didn't read the word. It's 14 pages. Eight pages are redacted. I mean, just all blacked out. So I can't, no one can say they've read it. But it does request a list of everyone from X. Everyone. Millions of people who liked or retweeted posts from Donald Trump between October 2020 and January 2021 including all metadata. So that means if you liked a tweet, retweeted a post, whatever it may have been with Donald Trump when he was president, they want to know your location. They want to know where you were when you reacted to the Donald's tweets. The warrant also requests all IP addresses associated with Trump's account and a list of all devices that were used to log into it. That means any staffer, any aide who logged into the account would have the information divulged to the special prosecutor. 
The warrant also instructed X not to tell Trump about the search order. Apparently, the company attempted to overcome this in court, but failed. I know, I know some of you, you're driving home now. It's in the evening. Maybe you're listening to the replay of this on, on YouTube or Rumble or Audacity or Spotify or Apple iTunes or SoundCloud. Just look for Brian Sussman Show. And you're thinking, what in the heck? Is this the United States of America or is this the former Soviet Union or is it present-day China? It's as outrageous a demand as ever, as certainly as ever I've seen, in an outrageous case with horrible implications for constitutional protections and, might I add, freedom itself in the United States of America? I mean, this means... Everyone who ever clicked like on a tweet by Donald Trump, anybody who ever said, yeah, I like that, yeah, yeah, liked it. Hey, I'm going to retweet this. Hey, I'm going to comment. I'm going to reply. You've now become a legal target. Your name's being jotted down, and they even know where you live. This sounds so Soviet. It sounds so modern-day China. China's a surveillance state. Everyone knows that. But so is the Soviet Union. And so is the United States of America. For those of you who can't wait, oh, AI is going to be so great. Oh, it's going to be, I, I, I'll be able to write the best letter. I'll be able to have the best, I, I can write a book. <laughs> right, I can write a book on climate change with AI. Yeah, right. Oh, we can write music. Oh, we'll be able to write songs like have never been written before. Yeah, they'll sound like, uh. <laughs> Have you ever seen a cover band at a bar? I mean, they they play. There are certain there are certain cover bands. For those of you who are musicians, you know what I'm talking about. By the way, I am a weekend warrior musician to this day. But there are certain bands that do cover stuff, and they'll play the cover song perfectly, every note played with absolute perfection. But in their effort to reproduce that cover song, there's no soul. It's like, yeah, it's okay, but it's just like, where's the, where's the feeling here, man? That's what you're going to get with the AI song. That's what you'll get with the AI book. No soul. No soul. But what you will get with AI is surveillance. Surveillance. So that's what's happening here. This is a, a major surveillance effort being perpetrated by the Biden administration. And I'm watching the media. They're silent on this. And what happens with this database after Biden's out of office? Where does that go? They, do they get it, sell it to the highest bidder? Just give it to an operation, a leftist operation like Media Matters? If Trump revived Twitter, do you remember this in 2020? The head of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps said he was ordering his forces to target the United States Navy because of a tweet from Donald Trump. <laughs> well, they never did it, of course. But Donald Trump revived Twitter. He did something to social media that was off the charts, just like he did basically with 
uh, reality television with his let you're fired, right? The Apprentice. I mean, he, he took reality television to a different level. He did the same thing with social media, especially Twitter. But here's what, um, here's what, the, here's what the tweet actually said. It's April 22nd, 2020. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is so Trump. This is why so many people disliked him or even hated him. This is why other people loved him. But he literally said this. He instructed the U.S. Navy to, quote, shoot down and destroy any and all Iranian gunboats if they harass our ships at sea. <laughs> that was his tweet. Shoot down and destroy any and all Iranian gunboats if they harass our ships at sea. Well, that tweet came out because that week there were Iranian gunboats that were harassing, making harassing approaches to our ships, both Navy and Coast Guard vessels in the Persian Gulf. So Trump said, all right, I'm tweeting this out. They'll see it. They'll respond. And again, they responded with such bravado initially, but at the end of the day, they did nothing. Meantime, Oakland City Council, idiocracy in action. Oakland City Council unanimously passed a resolution this week calling for a permanent ceasefire in the Israeli-Hamas war. There was one guy in the council, Dan Kalb, who had his head sort of on straight. He brought forth an amendment spotlighting Hamas's role in the slaughter of an estimated 1,200 people across southern Israel. He, I mean, it was simple. Hey, we need to acknowledge what Hamas did. And people in that council chambers went absolutely berserk. Here's, I'm, I'm reading you exact quotes from the city council meeting Monday. These are from spectators, people that came. Hamas is a resistance organization that is fighting for the liberation of the Palestinian people. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous and racist. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization plays into genocidal propaganda. There have not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. That's what one lady actually stood up in front of the city council to say that. The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative, another one said. Many of those killed on October 7th, including children, were killed by the IDF. You wouldn't believe how many flat earthers believe that. I mean, you can go on YouTube and you'll see, you'll see a lot of the videos have been taken down, but people are actually convinced that this was a theatrical operation conducted by Israel. Even the, even the paragliders, another hand motion that you'll see on the video of this, of this show on YouTube or another hand motion of the paraglider. They even believe the paragliders were staged. It was photoshopped. Ah, well, anyway, at the end of the day, uh, the, the resolution to end to a permanent ceasefire between Israel and Hamas passed in Oakland, eight to nothing without any charged language against Hamas. It took them many, many efforts to do this, but they said, we finally had four drafts in order to depoliticize this. Uh, you know, it's just, isn't this amazing? I mean, this is, this is, the, this is the place in which we live. This, this situation in Israel right now, with Israel and Hamas, and by the way, again, the word Hamas means terror. 
We live in a day of propaganda, agitprop, misinformation, disinformation. We're, what we're really and truly witnessing, and this is what people miss. People, oh, we, let's go back to the Oslo Accords, and let's talk about this with Begin, and let's talk about Yasser Arafat. Let's, no, 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 no. Let's go back to Bible, Bible. We're witnessing a blood feud of biblical proportions. The animosity between the first Arab. The first Arab is noted in the Bible. His name is Ishmael. The first Israelite is noted in the Bible. His name is Isaac. Isaac and Ishmael were brothers with different mothers. This goes back nearly 4,000 years. It's written in the book of Genesis. This is a blood feud. So with that in mind, my friends, it is always an honor. It is always a pleasure to serve you with right thinking from the left coast. More on me at briansussman.com.